wanna go steady. Hurricane's trim shot, finna break the levy. Call a little sis, cause you're hot and she ready. Ooh, hot, ooh, she that. What you want? Pull up, drop, drop the top. Off the back, give me top. Roll that spot. I got C, fuck that thought. Alright, we're back once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to another episode of How You Living, the show directly recorded in the Chaz Tower, in the Million Dollar Studios. Even if we're in the Half Million Dollar Studio today, we're still in the premises. We still got our catered uh, lunches up there, and uh, basically, you know... Rich, rich, bougie treatment here, <laughs> here in the Chaz Tower. Uh, we're we're coming to you late in March, just before April Fool's Day. No fooling today. Uh, answering the seminal question, Chaz, how you living? Uh, you know I'm doing all right. Uh, hung out with a lot of friends this weekend. Uh, uh, did lots of fun things. Tried out poker a little bit. So you know. Can't complain at the moment. Yeah, went on a scavenger hunt throughout Seattle. Hell yeah. Learned a little bit of uh Seattle's history in the form of trivia and yeah, gotta 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 see it in a downtown's Pioneer Square and uh kinda core district in a different light. So that was interesting. Indeed. Um but yeah. Uh, we here at How You Living, uh, we, we, we stick to a very r- regimented schedule, and, and uh, by that, we, we start our, uh, our episodes with a little segment we call Callbacks. And that's, that's just where we look at things we've talked about in previous episodes or uh, topics that have reemerged in the news, as uh, tends to happen cyclically. And uh, so we start with you, Chaz. Uh, any callbacks or things you've seen, uh, since we last spoke to the guests and the audience? Uh, I kind of just want to quickly call back to the Mueller investigation since, like, the dust is cleared a little bit, because when we last did our recording, it was... It was pretty much the first day. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now there's, like, the things that everyone expected, where they're asking him to, uh, release a full report, the new AG who's out there... Um, and, and just like, see what it actually says. But yeah, it, it's just like before, uh, exonerated for, I guess, collusion, you might say, but not for obstruction. Right. And, and it does kind of matter to see where the house can go with their investigations. So, so yeah, I can see how, uh, some people in the media have spun it including 45 himself, to see that it's like, oh, I told you there was no collusion. I told you. Right, yeah. And, they're, and, ju- they're jumping it to that conclusion at this point. Yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Stephen Colbert took that off of his uh, deplorable things about Trump. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we'll probably in the future, uh, more of this will come to light. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not see it if uh Trump the remaining of his administration or if he ends up getting reelected we probably may not see it in that time um while he has kind of a favorable court um but over time we'll eventually have all the information um I do think the 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 kind of focus if if you know Trump isn't the president or leader you want to see mm-hmm. uh definitely needs to turn now directly to that 2020 November 
And uh, we got to get focused on that and get that kind of uh, situation figured out now that basically the Mueller investigation has been wrapped up, you know. Um, And, yeah, let the... Let the powers that be discuss the obstruction and all those things that might have actually came out from this report for them, kind of their duties. But let's let's kind of get the agenda going on what the what the country needs in the different locations that we would need to win that presidency, because that's those are the voters we're eventually going to have to speak to. So we're going to have to start kind of getting the groundwork on that. Um, but yeah, Mueller Mueller investigation pretty much done. I guess he gets to go uh, back to to not. <laughs> investigating Trump every day, every waking hour of his existence. I mean, it's probably. I mean, I mean I'm thinking he took lunch, right? Right. <laughs> just takes an hour. He's just reading Dudensbury. He's <laughs> doing the crossword. Yeah. No, yeah, but a lot of a lot came out of it. Like, definitely showed who the shady people in his uh in his like well in some of what somewhat in his cabinet, somewhat in his um. Uh, Oh, Kevin is not the right word for it. It's his campaign party. Right. Right. And all that. So, yeah. And then I guess in a in a in a kind of like sidebar callback, uh we did a few episodes where the kind of Stanley Stanley or uh, Stormy Daniels kind of controversy slash like situation mm-hmm. uh was going on and she was being represented by Michael Avietti. Who, mm. who at one point was uh, slated to run for 2020. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he recently got arrested. What? Uh, yeah, because he it was attempting to extort Nike uh, on the basis that he had information, inside information, of their participating in a pay-for-play situation with uh, student-athletes. Uh, most specifically, uh, Bull Bull, who's the son of Manute Bull, mm-hmm. who chose to go to Oregon, which is traditionally the most favorable school to Nike as the the founders uh, met there. And that's kind of where the origins of, of Nike come from. It's the University of Oregon. Oh, okay. Uh, and so uh, basically Nike uh, called his bluff and just called the authorities when they were contacted by Avenetti, who basically said, give me $20 million to clean up this mess. Oh, shit, okay. Or I'm going to the press. What? And Nike just gave that information to the FBI. So, yeah, that guy was interesting. It was interesting when he was out there you know, being kind of the the mouthpiece for the Stormy Daniels situation, he always kind of showed me, seemed like a guy who was a little bit on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like skirting certain issues. Like he yeah. seemed just a little little like evasive to certain questions. Oh yeah. Uh, um, definitely had an ego. Um, so now it's interesting to see that he he pushed it that far. Now it was just a year ago that we were probably talking about those things. So. That's true. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I think we talked when we talked about it, her case was thrown out by the judge, like the what is it, non compete or whatever that she uh signed wasn't wasn't actionable in court or something, or right. like, wasn't legally binding. I forget what the uh, the legal nomenclature was, but basically it was null and void, right? So, so yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, interesting uh, choice of counsel in the end. Just being that he is on his own, a little a little nutty. So uh, he uh, he'll be serving some time as of this moment. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I had on uh, stories we've actually kind of came across in the in the past. So I'm 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 good with uh, leaving it a short callback. So did you have anything yeah. else? No, not really. So uh, we're here in episode seventy one. 
on the last day of March. Uh, you know, spring it has sprung. Uh, we have we have very pleasant uh, Seattle weather. This is the this is the weather everyone comes and visits, and then they they make a a, a point that they're going to move to Seattle, and then and then it becomes gray and they can't handle it. So <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen those pie charts on Facebook that kind of show this as fake spring or something. Um, oh right, because it'll it'll fake us out here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But then I always like I, I hear that, and in March. Or like there's these uh, idioms I remember. There's two of them. I think March comes in like a lamb, and then May comes in like a lion, something like that. Yeah. And then the other one was that April showers bring May flowers. Right. Right. So people like I feel like if that's a common, I know that's not common in all weather patterns and everything, but that's generally what spring is. It's just like a lot of rain. So. So it does surprise me that like people are like, oh my god, it's sunny and nice. Oh no, it's rain again. I'm like, yeah, it's spring. That's what it does. Right. Yeah. But and you know we're we're here in the in the sunnier days and uh, we made it through snow and Mageddon and uh, yes sir. And we'll we'll see what we have uh, on our plate now. Uh, we definitely have a lot of. Uh, candidates running for president these days. We have a shit And uh, we haven't had a chance necessarily to get uh, too deep in any of them, obviously. There's the hits. We know Elizabeth Warren is running. We know Bernie Sanders is running. Uh, I think we've touched on Howard Schultz at one point in this podcast from yeah. Starbucks CEO is running as an independent. He, uh, I thought he said he wasn't anymore. Oh, he's no longer running. Mm, I mean, I only saw it in passing, so we'll see. it might and then, not be true. And then Jay Inslee, governor of Washington, is in on the bid. Yeah, and he's setting up uh, private security so, to make sure that he's actually like got everything ready for him to go on this campaign, which apparently costs uh, Washington taxpayers four million dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. We'll see. Uh, and then, and then we have a few uh, other names that are kind of. Kind of new to some people. Uh, recently, I saw a uh, interview. I think it was the Bill Maher real time interview oh. with uh, Pete Buttigieg. He he is making the rounds. He he is making the rounds. Yeah. So he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, uh, which is of course Notre Dame fame, mm. and uh, <coughs> he's uh, an openly gay mayor. Uh, in a in in a part of the world that um you know most people would probably kind of picture as a conservative area, Indiana, um has t- traditionally gone red. I mean in, that's where Mike Pence is from in presidential elections, right? Although it's been in play before, and some would consider that uh, he is kind of a um a light in the direction of where they may be going, and so mm-hmm. it's, it, it could be an in place state. Uh, come 2020. Uh, but he, yeah, he's also running um, for that. He served in the U.S. Navy under the reserves. Uh, he, you know, currently he has faith in the interview with uh, with Bill Maher. He brought up the idea that uh, the Republicans don't own uh, the the right to faith. Oh, of course not. It's not a right-wing agenda to, to have religion. So he's trying to be this kind of balanced perspective centrist left blue guy who who isn't necessarily opposed to gun owner, proper gun ownership or you know security or uh in that case um 
you know, things that that his kind of right-leaning constituents might might find appealing in him. Uh, and so it was an interesting um, interview. He definitely is one of the youngest candidates. He's legally only two years eligible to be running for president at yep, 37. So um, he's uh, just under the wire as far as legality. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he seemed like a pretty straight shooter guy. He's an interesting uh, candidate to, to, to already be running for, for such a high office. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, I, I mean, ultimately I, I'm definitely on the side of like, we got to get to the two that we need. And I don't know if this process of waiting all the way till the, uh, rally is really going to help them. So, so yeah, like extrapolate that a little, cause you've said that multiple times yeah, and, so, I, so and like, what's the rush at the moment? The rush is that we need to identify the agenda so that we can actually um, go to these places that have already kind of like locked in with Trump and find out what their issues are so we can we can we can show them our candidates. We have our hand, as it were. Mm-hmm. If the Democrats are just kind of going around the country individually, like giving a hand and, and some of them are more left leaning than others, some of them are more centrist, we're not really giving an idea of the agenda policy that we're going to run on the executive level against the Trump administration, which is obviously rerunning. Um, and so I, I, I know that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying that I'm not aware of like how the system works. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it, it, it's a disappointment to me that there are no alternatives, that we can actually get a kind of a cohesive idea of the Democrats that are running, why they're running, and kind of at least narrow the field down so it's not just going to be this... Uh, kind of sideshow circus that we ended up with a few years ago when we had like 14 candidates and the whole uh, Howard Dean thing happened. And then, you know, John Kerry was kind of a leader for a minute. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so uh, I know that's the process. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's going to be hard because they've already aligned their candidates. So you, they kind of already have a strong message that they get to deliver now for the next 18 months where we're going to be be behind that eight ball. We won't get our message until August of 2020. And so, I don't know. It's 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 interesting in the in the position they're in being behind in the votes um electoral college wise uh to use the strategy of of throwing 20 candidates into the hopper and and hoping the best two come out. So, but I mean, I know that's the system. I mean, I mean, so. it, like we haven't even had any of them debate yet, so like that. Right. Like I think we need to have them debate first before, and if we wanted to have them debate early and yeah. supersede the process, if there was a way to do that, I'd be fine with that. But yeah, right now, yeah, two years before election time, people start coming out of the gate. That's when Trump first did his thing. That's what it was like in uh, 2008. That's even what we had in the uh, the Seattle mayoral race. The Seattle mayoral race had 24 candidates. Right, and then the best six were able to go up in the uh, debates. But they have a runoff election. We don't do a runoff election for president. It's all out. So, you know, if we, I mean, we, I mean, we have party runoffs, but, mm-hmm. but you know, um, yeah, it's all the marbles. You win all the marbles. Uh, those those candidates are just trying to grab percentages to to be valid for the for the real race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Um, which in a way is representative of what the Democrats candidates are doing. But I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, obviously I've spoken at length that like, I think parliament is a, is a much more functional system. 
Oh, it is. But it, then, like, it, India yeah. has a majority government in parliament right now, so yeah. it is, it's not perfect. No, it isn't perfect, cause it, and it can also yield legitimacy to some pretty fringe elements. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could end up with a Nazi party or a, a full, yeah, like, fascist party. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, so... You're definitely able to promote a lot more nuance in Parliament because, you know, parliamentary areas seem to have, like, I think India has, like, what, 400 or something parties or something in there. So definitely if you have very specific things that you want to have, like, if we had Parliament, we'd probably have um, the abortion party. We'd have the NRA party. We'd probably have, like, the Green New Deal party, right? But since we have, like, first past the post... Because, like, part of me, when I always talk about, like, changing how we vote, right, I feel like that might alleviate some of it, too. And I feel like that's a little bit more functionally able to do in our system since it is, uh, like, since First Past the Post makes it so that we have two parties and no third parties are effective when, you know, the person who gets past that post wins. So, right. Well, let's take a peek here, just as so, uh, and you know, these are um, very early and very vague, but the recent Emerson College poll, uh, which was released, it's called the Nevada poll, Mm. um, is showing Bernie just ahead of Joe Biden, as far as the poll of, from caucus goers, Yeah, uh, followed by Elizabeth Warren, and then Beto O'Rourke, and then they're followed by Camilla Harris, Pete Boutier, and finally Andrew Yang. So um, hovering at around three percent. Nice. Andrew Yang is another one who's who's interesting. Who's running? Yeah, yeah. Did we talk about him before? I think we only mentioned that he was on the Joe Rogan experience. That's right. Yeah, because he's yeah. a big proponent of uh, UBI. That's what he seems to talk about a lot. Yeah, yeah, the universal basic income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he is a really an interesting candidate, and and I do think like a parliamentary election or like a, a system that was built a little differently would yield uh, more results from a Pete Buttigieg or a uh, an Andrew Yang, or you know could like a Kamala Harris, you know, mm-hmm. if 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 it aligned with um with the people's values. Uh, and, and I think we're seeing that in AOC, in how she was able to deliver a uh, pretty no-nonsense campaign, real mm-hmm. grassroots, to a very uh, specific voting block of New York that traditionally voted in pretty reasonable numbers. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was already an established district that had its kind of path of where it was going. So for her to kind of up in that uh, showed a lot of, of real good groundwork and convincing of the of the caucuses and the and the and the and the voters themselves. Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of what I'm seeing here with um with this information is like all right, so you know, they're 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 gathering momentum. Um you know, you got Budiag at 5%, Yang at 3, Camilla at 9, you know, uh and Rourke and Warren share 10% each. So, yeah, okay. But it still feels like too slow of a ball to roll against the 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 mass that we have. That's Trump, but I mean, uh, you say that, and I always <laughs> like I just want to go back to the percentages of people who didn't vote because they hated both candidates, right? Right, and I think and that swath of people is bigger 
than both people who voted for either party. Okay. Right? Like, it, it's like everyone always frames the Trump victory like it was 50% of eligible Americans who voted for him when it was only 23% of eligible Americans who voted for him. Right? It, it was the non voters who likely won this race than right. the actual votes for him. And and a lot of the races were close too. Like the places where you thought there would be a landslide for Trump and a landslide for Hillary were like that. But if you go to the blue ones where it was fifty one forty eight, yeah, um, there was a lot of places like that between the Hillary Trump split. So like when you look at the data, I feel like we can give it time to breathe, right? I mean, I would be, I would probably be more in your um, position if you, the Republicans still owned everything. Uh, and they're still like Trump is still able to fuck up the judges and everything because of the Senate. But right now, like we can build as much as a political wall as we can right now. So it's like the Democrats, because the Democrats, I put in quotations, also have to have like people who are just liberal and people who are progressive. And because it's a big tent party, um, people just need to have the chance to, uh, go out there and see those ideas flourish because in the 2016 election we really we it was really like it felt like neoliberalism versus progressivism and uh, neoliberalism won because that's what was supposed to happen in that certain time because it was her chance to sign but now that that's over and there's a new swath of people because new ideas are being you know just thought of and talked about inside like the blue space like you need that number of candidates to be like this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to do then you need people like us and other people to come together and have like political action parties and say all right i like kamala harris for these reasons and then someone else goes i don't like kamala harris for these reasons and then you know i like cory booker for these reasons i don't like cory booker for these reasons right right who i haven't heard about in a while yeah pretty much since his announcement Mm -hmm. and then he's like he was out there in those like dad threads and people were like (laughs) like, calling him out uh but yeah yeah so i think uh for next episode like i finally want to get down and dig deep into like probably who are maybe the top 10 candidates Probably based and think what's the biggest one right now, like straw or poll wise, sorry. Think the Iowa straw poll or something is supposed to be a good one, but I guess I can go to uh Well it's gonna be the one that I mean, that's where they're gonna vote first. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a good uh indicator for what's gonna kinda happen. Uh they're in New Hampshire, I think, are the first ones. Yeah. And then uh South Carolina and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean <clears throat> you know, the process will continue. We'll see. Uh, there'll be gaffes along the way. Mm-hmm. There'll be controversies. There'll be uh, all kinds of information coming out about these candidates, and we'll kind of see what shakes out. Ultimately, uh, uh, you know, setting up for June, July of 2020 when they go to the uh, national convention. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Meanwhile, uh, you know, March Madness moves on. Uh, Duke got upset today by Michigan State, uh, putting Michigan State back in the Final Four. And Auburn upended Kentucky, uh, which put them also into the Final Four. And uh, I think you have Texas Tech over Gonzaga and Virginia over Purdue. So your Final Four this year is Texas Tech, Virginia, Michigan State, and Auburn. Oh, okay. So uh, consider most brackets busted as only... None of the one seeds made it all the way. You had uh, you have two threes, a five, and a two. 
So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the final of March Madness next week. Uh, and also, uh, we just came across some news, the kind of an RIP for Nipsey Hussle, who apparently, uh, as reports are saying now, was shot dead in front of his clothing store in South Central Los Angeles, which if you watch like a 60 Minutes piece about him, or if you've seen his kind of rise back to fame, uh, being it like on cuts with Drake, on cuts with Kanye, uh, and putting out his previous album, uh, Victory Lap, which got nominated for a Grammy, um, you would hear the, the, the Nipsey Hussle story of uh, coming from nothing, being a part of this kind of gang violence in the 90s, but in the last like, 15, 20 years, turning that around, turning the inspirational role he had as a rapper and this kind of uh, platform to, to re- both reinvest back in the neighborhoods, but also to kind of be a, um, a vocal opponent of, of, of gang mentality, mm-hmm. of that kind of letting yourself accept the gang world as your kind of ultimate peak. Uh-huh. And that just because there's girls and guns and gold and all this cool stuff, that there is more to life that can come. And that being on the legal side of things brings so much more freedom and opportunity that that's kind of where... It, so his his voice also being, um, you know, a uh, legit person from the Crips uh, gang, it, it, it was a good voice to kind of have out there. Yeah. And so he recently started this clothing store, which was kind of kind of like a Supreme kind of nature thing, with kind of high-end fashion, um, throwback kind of look. And then, um, you know, including like jewelry and stuff. And then he, I think he bought or was like leasing the rest of the the units, and he was doing some like jobs programs, mm. kind of uh, reinvestment. There was like a kind of like a WeWork place. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was like a collective you could come in and kind of do some enterprising stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, we lost one in the gang. And and obviously, you know, it was more than likely gang-related violence, and it probably doesn't necessarily stem from any behavior or anything he's doing. Um, you know, the kind of the code of all that is, you know, violence kind of comes with the territories, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of a story in how, you know, even – this this world is so harsh. Like even when you 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 put aside the bad things, you use that as a tool to kind of motivate you to get away from it to make mm-hmm. it better. You know, uh, life can still can still really come at you really fast. And uh, and so we uh, we miss uh, Mr. Nipsey Hussle today. Um, but yeah, I guess you know what I'm motivated by that in in his story being that I, I did just see his 60 Minutes piece a few weeks back and was kind of motivated by what we kind of do on this podcast, what we're kind of looking to do where, where we're like, okay, well let's start going to these town hall meetings, mm-hmm. even if it's just for our neighborhood association, you know, when, Oh, when is this uh, public safety meeting that's going to talk about the policing in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, and like being involved in that, that we could also, you know, spend some time doing outreach or reserving a space at one of the community centers where we brought people in for whatever, if we were doing just simple job training, we just had a few laptops, open to like you know indeed and different kind of job search sites and kind of help people through the process of finding jobs oh yeah or help them through the process of applying for loans for college to go to college if Mm -hmm. they just want to get like uh, a degree that's at like an 18 month kind of program where they might be able to go you know for a year and a half or so and get some type of certification oh yeah there's a lot of those out there you know but like but also like in interacting with those community members we'll kind of get an idea of like 
their flavor of government, like what they're trying to do or see from their city, and then t- help educate them along the way as you're helping them with whatever problem they have about becoming participating in the active you know, life of their neighborhood or their city or their county or mm-hmm. their state or, you know, their, for their elected officials nationally. Like, we we as people have a, a lot of the power still, as much as we've kind of yielded some of this to the greater powers that be in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, in the government and these large corporations and things, we still do have a lot of power. And, and the power of that the most is the voice, you know, mm-hmm. the ability... You know, to say something these days, to tweet something, to put a YouTube out, mm-hmm. to do a podcast, yes, to, you know, to get a message out there. Is that a is that a real high premium now for for people? You can really get a lot out. And, you know, we could start that dialogue individually with with a system like that, where, you know, if we were doing kind of this extra work stuff that like someone like Nipsey Hussle, who is getting booked to to jet all over the world Mm -hmm. to sing songs. And he's still taking time to start these community organizations and things. It's kind of, it does take a moment for us to kind of yield how we divide our time and where we might be able to find ways to give back to our community. Oh yeah. You know, even if it is just an afternoon every month or so where you bring your laptops down to a community center and you sit there behind a desk and eight people come in. Yeah. You know, but those eight people are pretty, they're, they're happy. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I haven't had a real good address and I haven't had a laptop in a while. And it's just like, it's so confusing. And I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and just having an extra set of eyes there to kind of help them along can probably, you know, benefit and bring a printer. You know, sometimes people oh, are just like, yeah. I don't even have access to a printer. That's you know, true. I got to print four resumes. I got to print this thing. I was supposed to fax this thing, you know, like. I just think, like, even on the simplest level, um, reaching out to your community has to be beneficial on so many levels. Oh, yeah. And ultimately um, yield some, some positive results. And, and you know, um, if you're listening, you know, just look for those opportunities around you. Like, if you see a community board, mm-hmm. l- take another look at it. Yeah, some of it's just, like, yoga advertisements and things. <laughs> but but there, there might be some information there. And... You know, find out when your neighborhood organization meets and and stop by these things. Let's 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 make our voices heard as different as they might be, as our opinions may uh, be. We we all are trying to just fit in in this struggle and and kind of live amongst these cities and societies that we've created in safe and prosperity, you know, safety and Mm -hmm. prosperity. So, uh, yeah, like let's take a let's take a note from the, the Nipsey Hussle book about, you know, uh, taking time and, and giving back to our communities. So there, shout out to that and, uh, support, you know, his legacy in maybe, you know, purchasing some of whatever's left of the clothes he designed and those, uh, sweet albums and, Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, feel inspired to do your own thing, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully he has a good trust going on or something. Yeah. Hopefully he, yeah. Part, I mean, if you're getting that kind of far in the entrepreneurial, uh, avenues, you probably, have set yourself up pretty comfortably financially as far as your management, I hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh but yeah. Um I guess for my my side fun topic is 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 April Fools, man. Tomorrow is April Fools Day. And That's I'm like, true. What a what a weird tradition, you know. First day of April, you just can't believe anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anyone in your life could be setting you up for a real lame ultra oh, April Fools joke. That is very true. Like be cautious tomorrow of anything out of the ordinary or anything that seems slightly askew. 
Uh, I recently came across a trivia question that was talking about a, a prank that the BBC pulled where they had a group of what was to appear to be Swiss farmers mm. harvesting spaghetti. So they were harvesting <laughs> these spaghetti noodles from these what? trees, and they filmed this black and white, uh, like, kind of documentary on this Swiss family and their di- the yearly tradition of, mm-hmm. of the spaghetti harvest. Oh my god! And it aired in 1957 on BBC. <laughs> okay. And a, and a bunch of the UK like believed it and was like, "I didn't know that's how you get spaghetti." Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I always thought you made it, and so. Oh my God, that's so great! Yeah, there's some, uh, there's some definite his- history. Have you ever came across? Has anyone ever gotten you on a good April Fool's prank? Huh, not that I remember. I used to get my dad with dumb ones, like your shoes were untied. No, they're not April Fools. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like essentially like a psych. Mm-hmm. They're like psych. Your shoes are untied, psych. <laughs> right. That's what we always did. Well. Um, let's see if we can come across some of the more popular ones. Um, obviously, uh, my favorite right now is the spaghetti one. Uh, another one, uh, people do is they cut out, uh, paper, um, shapes of bugs and then they put them inside lampshades. So it looks like there's a giant bug on people's oh lamps. Oh my God. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, the, oh, the good old balloon prank. Uh, where you you fill up somebody's uh, car or whatever with uh, <coughs> with balloons. That's oh a, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, this one includes a balloon uh, prank fake out where you just cover a window with balloons, so it, it appears that the thing is full of balloons, but it's really not. Uh, let's see what we got here. We got oh, you can fun things with uh, carts. You can uh, surround people's cars that are in parking lots with shopping carts. Oh, yeah. That's a solid one. Um, attach an air horn underneath people's office seats. <laughs> oh, so when they sit down, that's 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 a classic one. Uh, but, yeah. So while you're going out there tomorrow, just be sure and uh, be safe and uh, and know that some of the stuff you see is probably bullshit. <coughs> Indeed. I, Go ahead. I was gonna say I always find it funny how tech companies always come up with like ridiculous pranks. Yeah, but they're they're more like cheeky and maybe meant for you to get to to engage with their products and such than it is kind of like ha ha you got fooled. Right. Like I think Google Google always has something weird each year. I think one time they had snakes on Google Maps, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's like. April Fool's Day for them is less like fooling people and more like, let's do something ridiculous. Right, right. Uh, Let's take a quick look at uh, Google's April Fool's. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, they did. uh, They include the Miss Pac-Man maps. uh, Oh, yeah. Is part of their April Fool's. Um, let's see. Oh, they put up a fake contest on YouTube contest for the best video. That's a funny joke. <laughs> like there's so many videos. Like, how would you pick right. the best video? Um, so yeah, go, go enjoy, uh, some online digital April fool them as well. Um, you know, unless they give you a virus, it's probably harmless. So that's not a bad, 
bad way to spend your day. Uh, otherwise, uh, in my own personal uh, life and experience, I'm a Blazers fan with my time that I had down in Portland. And we're doing great right now. We're uh, third place in the West, trying to hold that down. Um, I think there's a shot to get second place, but uh, you know, there's only a few games left. Uh, they did just lose Yusuf Nurich, who is one of like uh, the best blazer, Blazers we've had in the last 10 years as far as how hard he played and like his defensive abilities. He's a seven-footer, which is always good in the basketball world to have a really tall player who plays hard. And uh, he, unfortunately, uh, broke his tibia and fibia in a game the other day. Oh, shit. Live on national television. That's a bad break. In a double overtime uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, It was a compound fracture. It's Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, So it was really sad to see him go down. The Blazers did pull out a win in that game. They have gone on to win the the next three games. Um, But, uh, yeah, the... uh, the gruesome injury is really sad, so, uh, you know, condolences to the Nurich family, and uh, I, I know Yusuf knows because of the way Twitter works, but uh, mm-hmm. Port- Portland uh, misses him and supports uh, his, um, you know, healing and hopefully return to the court one day. Uh, I know these are probably sad days for him watching his team kind of excel and move their way into the playoffs, and he's kind of on the sidelines, but... Uh, they wouldn't be in that race without him. He put up ungodly numbers this season. So uh, shout out to Yusef Nurik. Uh, this team that is playing wouldn't be here without you. So um, a, le- a little bit of mixed bag today with uh, with all my shout outs and callbacks. But I had to get through some business, man. There's been so much going on in the world around us. Um, yeah. Otherwise... Uh, they did a live AFE in Portland, that all fantasy everything podcast I always oh, pitch at the end. Yeah. So I guess it went really re- went really well. They did a bunch of uh, live stand up shows as well. So shout out to the Good Vibes gang over at uh, All Fantasy Everything, um, Ian Carmel, Sean Jordan, and um, David Bory. Um, so that was cool to to listen to. Um, how about you, man? What you been listening to? What you been getting into? Uh, I've been playing a lot of video games lately. Your boy, your boy's been playing video games hella. What's What's the game of choice these days? Uh, so I always play games like a few years too late, and I'm doing this. Well, right now I got a PS4, and I'm playing a lot of newer games. But I'm also playing uh, The Last of Us Remastered right now, and uh, uh, spoilers. I think I'm in Pittsburgh, and I'm trying to get through that area. And I'm not sure what happens next, but I also need to check out The Walking Dead uh, Skybound game. They're doing the final episode of the final season. That's finally out. It was out like a week ago, but I was playing uh, Last of Us pretty intently. And then I started playing some Apex, Apex Legends uh, right. with a friend from back home. So, so yeah, I've been playing a few games. S- setting up to join the league. You're gonna you're gonna jump into the to the pros. Don't they play Apex Legends? Is that one of the things where they do the big I tournaments? Think so Apex Legends is kind of newer, but I know Fortnite, uh, Overwatch, uh, some other <laughs> games, League of Legends, Dota two. Those are kind of the big like major league gaming, and then there's like the fighting game community as well too. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I, th- I thought I saw an Apex Legends tournament, but maybe not. Oh no no no! There probably is. It's just like it's new. I don't think the game has been out. Uh, 
not even six months yet. But oh, okay. yeah. But definitely there'll be tournaments coming down the pike soon. And there probably have been like local ones and I just don't know if there's been like a nationally syndicated one that was sponsored by EA or right. someone else that like would be shown on TV. Because I think like Dota, the Dota Two is either Dota Two or League of Legends is now shown on ESPN. Right, I think it's League of Legends. Yeah, and I think like one of them in like I don't remember the exact uh, year, but I think it was 2017 or 2016 where the Dota Two a cast got more viewers than the Super Bowl. Huh. Yeah. So so yeah, esports is an interesting thing. We'll we'll be looking forward to it joining the Olympics soon. I'm sure it's, it's <laughs> in the pipeline. That s- would be weird. You got skateboarding <laughs> co- coming to the Olympics this next time. But that's not that weird. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, the X Games were totally like, we have legit athletic ability and we want to show it off. So let's have a place where we can show off that athletic ability and get rewarded for it. Right, so that totally makes sense. Yeah, that now like the bigger oh, this is where all the athletes who are just athletically triumphant go to compete with each other. Right, would end up having that. Yeah, we it ends up in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, I guess um, I my my further bit is just to tell everyone to uh, go out and pay attention to uh, the candidates as they run and support your candidate and, uh, and, and look to the local elections as well. Find out what measures and things are going on where you can get your voice heard. Um, and, uh, we'll continue our discussion here at the pod. We'll go a little deeper into some of these candidates. We'll take a look at, uh, where they're trending and what areas of, uh, our government they're looking to change or work with. And, uh, so that's my, my, Send off to you, uh, Chaz. Do you have any other major topics you wanted to cover? Or um, should we should we give him a, a lighter dose of how you live in this week? Maybe yeah, it's probably just a lighter dose. Uh, yeah, tweet at us at um how you living um or I think it's how living because how you living was taken um and say hashtag I'm with whomever it is right now. You know I'm with Bernie because I was with him in 2016, but also kind of a. Uh, you know, I still have my ambivalence with uh, Kamala Harris, but I haven't done my di- deep dive yet, so that might change. And and Peter, friends are, you know, being moved by him and liking him, so he seems interesting. Andrew Yang, interestingly enough, is gaining some traction with people on the right and some of the groups I'm in that have more right-leaning people in it, so huh. that's also quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it like I think a lot, a lot of like Joe Rogan has a lot of right leaning people on his show, right? Uh, so it, it, that's a good resource to just listen to those ideas and what they're saying. Like, yeah, it, it is. Sometimes it can get problematic because he can have like problematic far right people on there sometimes, right? And well, like I think there was one like with the Twitter CEO and yeah. that whole fiasco. But. Well, he did one. He did two with uh, with Jack Dorsey, um, Twitter CEO. Uh, the second one he had basically a known um, kind of blogger writer, yeah, who, who was against the the kind of privacy stuff that Twitter was doing. Uh, it that was an interesting podcast. Obviously, it didn't come to any solutions. That's not really that bad to have Jack Dorsey on. Um, obviously he's had Alex Jones on, he has Jordan Peterson on, he oh, has... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know. I wasn't talking about Jack Dorsey, I was talking about their newer CEO, and, like, I have to look it up, but it was, 
Yeah, it, it was more like because Twitter, the whole like banning of really extremist uh, right wing things. Uh, some of the more like I wouldn't call them trolly, but the, the more less savory types are coming on there and like trying to like put down what they're doing because they're trying to legitimize it in a way that isn't framing what they're doing in the right light and why they're actually getting banned or just kind of like you're trying to ban us for free speech. But that's been going on since, you know, like 2015. But you know, it keeps it keeps getting out there. So yeah, well, but yeah, like he he, but he has every and everybody on there. But it's just interesting <laughs> that that is a good resource for people who are well, they open their opinions. It's long yeah. long form discussion. Mm-hmm. So you you get out of the soundbite business. You That's get out true. Of the CNN soundbite. Um, here's my contrived version of how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you're you are getting this kind of narrative, long long form narrative. So. Yeah, no, I and I I like what Joe does, I, and I support that he's kind of a middle of the rotor guy. Like mm-hmm. I support that he, you know, he believes in privacy rights and and guns and and you know outdoorsy stuff. But at the same time, he's definitely pro gay marriage and mm-hmm. like equality and freedoms. And yeah, no, he's he's been an interesting uh, listen over the years, and kind of seeing how his view and, and understanding of the world has evolved. I think as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Honestly, well, I'm I'm waiting. I think. Like Andrew Yang already went on there because he was smart. I hope Peter goes on there next. Yeah, because he seems like the person who, uh, when it comes to the presidential candidates, is using social media a lot more uh, yeah. than maybe some of the other ones. And that's definitely what got Obama elected. Like he was really good at social media. Uh, and so yeah, I definitely want to see every single like uh, presidential candidate who really is trying to. You get their voice out there. They probably should go on there because he gives you a platform and he gives you a long ass time to speak. <coughs> yeah, like some people, some of those things go on for four hours. Yeah. So yeah, I think he like yeah he can be a problematic platform sometimes, but for those who want like f- both to have your voices concerned to like the right wing where you might normally not get that in other places. And the ability for you to say what you want to say and, and like be challenged. And he has someone there who can fact check things too as well. So yeah, it is a good resource that any Democratic candidate should probably go on and do it. Good old young Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yo, Google this young Jamie. <laughs> oh, you probably won't be able to find this video. It happened like four years ago. Oh, it's up on the screen. Okay. <laughs> so funny, man. Oh man, classic, right? Uh, yeah, you guys can get at me on the Twitter as well, C Town Mayor, because I'm uh, helping your municipality by the coast. Um, as always, h y l b o x at gmail dot com is the email for the show. Um, shoot us guest ideas, people you know that might be in the area that might want to come on the show. Sometimes we can do the Skype way. If they've got time and availability, let us know. Um, and like I said, stay participating in your in your local world. Be nice to your fellow human and uh, do good things. Chaz, anything else you want to leave them with? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Chaz underscore Baz and on the Twitters at uh, Chaz Baz. So yeah, uh, find me there. And you probably also find me on PlayStation, but you know, you know, DM me on the Twitters if you really want to be my PlayStation friend. There we go. Yeah, yeah if you want to be serious about, it, we can play some Apex Legends. Guys, I got my first kill today. Boom! Get them kills. Uh, as always, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, stay tuned to the next episode. We've got some guests hopefully getting lined up, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll bring you new and informed how you livings as we go. Chaz, as always, it's been a polite. It's been a, it's been a delight. And uh we out. Peace. Peace.
trust a fucking thing you telling me. I done been through everything except.